This is Jill Janice of Huntress, and you're listening to Signal to Noise. Guys, welcome to episode 37 of the Signal to Noise podcast. I'm your host, Aaron, and tonight I have with me two special guests. Suzanne Decree is returning to the show. How are you doing tonight, Sue? I'm doing well. Yourself? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. And um, thanks to Sue, she brought a friend with her tonight, and uh, Liz of Dark Beauty. Liz, how are you doing? I'm doing great, and it's really nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming, because I wanted to talk about, like, you know, women in rock, um, kind of like the, the state for female musicians nowadays. Because, I mean, I know, you know, growing up, it was a different landscape than it is today, and it's getting better, but still, I'm kind of curious of, to see kind of what you guys think of that landscape. But before we get into that, how about a little bit of background? So, Liz, we'll start with you. Like, what's, like, your musical well, background, that sort of stuff? Sure. Uh, my musical background, let's see. Well, I, uh, my musical background is pretty much musical theater. That's where I started my training. And uh, also, I'm an actress, so I was trying to do both at the same time. And when I started doing Dark Beauty, uh, I actually didn't really know what it was going to be called at the time. I released a couple of songs that luckily for me, did quite well and got very well received and uh, started pursuing the character of the Dark Angel in our story. Um, So that kind of led me also to pursue more of an operatic type of vocal technique. So I did start a musical theater, like I said, and then I switched over um, and started working with an opera teacher and I, you know, I still train, I train every week and I've been training, well, geez, seems like forever, but, um, I, I changed over about six years ago. So, yeah, so it's, you know, it's just an ongoing process and, and my voice, uh, fortunately keeps growing (laughs) in the right direction, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) So I've dabbled in a lot. I've kind of, I've done a lot of acting. I've done a lot of uh, musical theater and, uh, you know, I've, so I sort of kind of put everything into this one project now. All right. And, and that's Dark Beauty. That's your main thing. Right. All right. 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 All right. So thank you for that, Liz. And then Sue, um, just kind of refresh our listeners in case there's somebody new to the show here tonight. Oh, uh, uh, long version or short version? Um, like <laughs> yeah. a bridge, uh, maybe a bridged version. Uh, I started actually playing the guitar when I was six, um, and uh, we'll, we'll give you the abridged version. I've been playing guitar for gosh forty years now. Um, I have gone through various styles. I was on a you know, I was on a classical kick for a long time. I studied classical for a long time. I studied jazz for a long time. I studied flamenco for a bit. And uh, and uh, all of that has led me to become a metalhead. So, all right. I have uh, an online course up for basic chords for anyone who's interested on my <laughs> website, SuzanneDecree.com. And I'm actually, as you know, writing the album right now. 
and I uh, got some exciting news on that today, by the way. Oh, cool. Okay. Is that is that an off on air or an off air kind of thing we should we should talk about? Off air? Uh well, I uh actually my recording studio guy is still after all these years, my buddy Dave is still interested in uh, recording the album, and he hooked me up with a drummer. So I'm uh, meeting with a drummer hopefully this week, and things are starting to come together. Oh, rock on. That's awesome. That's all fantastic. Right. So something I find interesting about both of you here, and actually in, and kind of in one of the other women that's on my list, is that both of you came around to rock not through a traditional rock kind of way. So, so how, how did you, how did you guys find your way to, to rock, to metal? Like what drew you this way? I'm going to say for me, getting into metal was my gateway drug into metal was within temptation. And I know that sounds weird because I mean, you know, uh, but when I was studying class, and I, I'll bet, actually, Aaron, I'll bet you've known me long enough that you remember these days. There was a time you could not get me to pay, listen to metal. You I, couldn't pay me enough to listen to metal. I was going to bring that up, actually, because um, I do I, remember I was, those days. You do remember those days. But I was listening to um, I was listening to a lot of progressive rock. I was listening to, but before that, I started, my guitar actually started in the flamenco realm. Um, my first exposure to a real guitarist was Charo, back when she was on all of the variety shows on TV, on the Carol Burnett show, the Donnie and Marie show. Am I even allowed to mention Donnie and Marie on a podcast? In the TV? <laughs> yeah, okay. um, you know, uh, all of these variety shows, Chowro would come on and she'd play the Malaganya or some of these other you know, fantastic flamenco pieces. And I would just sit there and watch her. And that was actually my gateway into guitar. So when I started learning, I started from a classical, from a Spanish perspective, because that's what I grew up hearing on the guitar. Um, my brothers are five and six years older than I am. So of course, you know, they started listening to Sticks and, you know, all the popular rock bands. And that's actually when I got into progressive rock because I, you know, I kind of took that classical background and I, I sort of equated it to Rush and Yes and the time signature changes and the key signature changes and stuff. And it was, for the most part, a more energetic music um, not that flamenco is not energetic because it sure is, but there's a different energy to rock and roll. And that's what drew me that way. Um, I, I was actually doing a, uh, like a random Google search for bands that sounded like porcupine tree one day. And, um, I got within temptation on that search. Now, for any of you who are into progressive rock and have heard tea tree, they sound nothing like Within Temptation. Not even a little bit, but somehow and I, I got into Within Temptation and the symphonic elements with the, the grinding guitars, the pounding drums, the thumping bass, the silky smooth soprano over top of it, I was hooked. And I, I went off the deep end uh, into symphonic metal ever since. And see, I did the entire speech with mentioning Tarvia once. Except for right there. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so Liz, how about you? 
You know, for me, that's a, it's an interesting question. Uh, it's a little bit different for me. I, I've always enjoyed, you know, probably just about every rock band there's out there. I just liked rock in general. I, mean, I always listened to it. Um, and I think as far as the style that's happening with Dark Beauty now, which is really becoming a little bit more, you know, we try to classify ourselves as, or think, like, what really are we? Because there seems to be so many classifications for music. Um, and I we have a little bit of eclecticness, but we're kind of leaning in towards, like, progressive rock. Mm-hmm. Progressive, I don't think I want to say progressive, no, probably more progressive rock. And so I've always enjoyed rock. And I think that, um, I was starting to experiment this at a time when right before Evanescence was coming out with their stuff. And then I heard this band and then I was like, and I said, Oh my gosh, this is exactly what I wanted to do. Have this sort of, you know, uh, soprano lyric kind of vocal over this heavier sound. And I know, I remember when they came out with, uh, bring me to life. I just fell in love with their sound. And I was so mad because I wanted to be the first one to do this kind of style, which I thought I had, you know, I've never heard of around here. Um, but, and then I just, I just loved it. I just, I always loved the passion of rock, but I think as far as, as far as the symphonic part of it, I think Evanescence was really the first one that introduced me to, you know, having like leaning more into that style. And then from there, I started listening to some of the European bands and, you know, the Within Temptations and uh, Epica was another one that I was starting to listen to. And then I just started developing more of a taste towards the symphonic styles. And then with my vocal training, I wanted to do more of an operatic type of vocal. And I knew I needed to get trained for that. So, I mean, that, that was one of the things that made me switch over to that and my love for opera. I, wanted, I knew I was going to need to switch to get more of that kind of sound. So that's kind of, I think, what leaned me in that direction. And I just love, I, I agree with Suzanne, I love the, uh, the lyric sound over this, you know, all of the passion underneath it. I just love, like, the grinding guitars and just that whole style. I find it really, really, it, you know, when it's done well, I, I love it. Yeah, and I think that comes through in your music, because I was checking it out on my lunch today, and, um, like, the stuff that's up on the Dark Beauty website, was it, is it darkbeautymusic.net or .com? Uh, it's darkbeautymusic.com. .com, okay, just so the listeners can check it out later. So I find it very haunting and a huge classical influence. Like huge Thank you. Influence. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that because that's kind of what I was going for. And, and yeah, it's my love of classical music. I listen to a lot of classical music, a lot, a lot of opera and I love rock. So, I mean, I just, you know, to me, those are two wonderful things to just put together and, and try to make something amazing happen. I, I like that style. And so, yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that because it's, uh, you know, it's not so easy coming up with some of those pieces. Oh, um, yeah. It's not an easy genre to work in. And you do have to have 
I think, I mean, you know, I don't know if you guys would agree, but I, I feel, I don't know, and maybe because I'm training and training and training, I'm always working on my vocals and trying to get better, but I just feel that it, it adds more strength to a piece if you're coming from having some training behind you. I would find it really difficult to sing in that style without having a classical background you know any classical training in, for my voice see I, I mean, i'm sure you know, it can be done but i see i i don't think so i i really agree with you that i i think there's there there has to be some training and i think part of the problem is that a lot of people downplay the training like it's not cool to talk about how trained you are um are, mm-hmm. are, are either of you familiar with jill janice of huntress yes absolutely all right so I got to interview her, um, man, maybe two, three years back now for um, Iron City Rocks when I was doing stuff for that show. And she has a very similar background to, to both of you where she was doing musical theater, but she, she started as an opera singer. Like she was like touring Europe, you know, singing opera when she was 14. And then kind oh, of, that's so cool. yeah. And so she's got this amazingly powerful voice. And then I can't remember. I'd, I'd have to go back and listen to the interview again to remember. But she was telling me she had to, she found a teacher that that could teach her how to growl and do some of the guttural stuff that she does without damaging her voice for the other, mm-hmm. you know, for for the operatic stuff, you know. And, and yeah, no, go ahead. No, no, I'm I'm agreeing with this. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you don't have vocal cords exactly. Well, yeah, because I mean, there's there's so much stress. I mean, like like when I listen to like the dark beauty stuff today. Very, very operatic, and I think like what you do would be perfectly at home on the same stage as like TSO, you know, like when they do like their Beethoven's Last Night tour. Like you guys could could go with them the entire tour and it'd be like a perfect compliment, like that. Oh, that sort that's of stuff, cool, you know. And then like you listen to like Huntress, and that's it's it's got more of like the I guess like the Iron Maiden style guitars, which which I love that kind of stuff, like that dual guitar attack. But then she's just got some of these crazy vocals. And if you didn't know at times, you'd be like, is that really a woman singing? You know, but then she'll do these, these beautiful, powerful melodies at the same time, you know? So I, I think like to your point that training is a big part of being able to pull this stuff off. And I don't yeah. even think it's just vocal training. I mean, I still practice three, four hours a night. You know, that's, that's my night is practicing and working on, you know, whether it's new techniques or, you know, new timings or whatever, you know, that's what makes it possible to be able to write in any genre is, is having a, a, almost a a basket of tricks, so to speak in, at, at your fingertips or at your, at your vocal cords. See, I, I, I agree with that statement too. I just, I don't think there's enough practice training going on. All right. So, Let's see here. So, so what do you guys think is the state of the music industry today for the female musician? So not even necessarily rock and metal. I mean, that's, that's kind of where we all come from. But um, Liz, before we started recording, you were even talking about like, you see a lot more people moving to country. I, I feel like country's always been much more female-friendly of a genre um, than like the rock genres. But just like, where do you, where, where, where do you ladies think that we're at right now? Yeah, that's interesting that you said that because I agree. I think it's it's very female friendly that style. Um, I you know this whole era. I'm in New Jersey, and I feel like this entire area has really changed over. At one point, you know, there was 
there was a lot more rock being played, and now it just seems like it really it really changed over. And every every time I hear, I mean, everywhere I go, I'm hearing country or you know maybe it's everything but rock or R and B or hip hop. Like you never hear rock around here, which I thought, wow, it's an amazing change that has happened because you used to hear it all the time and now it's just not even played um so i don't know you know there's a lot of diversity here you know in the area where i'm at and so i don't i don't know it's, it's very <laughs> i don't know what's going around here but i feel like i'm definitely like a fish out of water with the stuff that i'm trying to work on but i like it at the same time too because it is different you know it separates me from i think what everyone else is doing here um, I think the music industry in general is in just a huge, huge flux right now. Um, it's it's almost like it was, you know, the top of a building that just collapsed and there's nothing left supporting it. Um, so you've got a bunch of stuff. You've got this shift from, you know, rock and metal where it was when we grew up to, um, you know, shifting over to country to uh different forms of let's say pop pop or popular music um it's not something that hasn't happened before you know it happened in the jazz age the golden age of jazz it's, you know things switched from a more classical bass into jazz and you know jazz evolved into blues and rock and you know it, it, it happens every so often i think as a whole i mean women in music is not an uncommon thing. I, you know, name me one male torch singer ever. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, there, there weren't any, you know, you, you, you listen to, um, you know, you go back a hundred years and you've got, um, you know, you've got the beginning of the jazz age. A couple of years after that, you've got Billie Holiday lead, leading the, uh, the torch song, you know, go back before that, you know, all of your main parts were sung by sopranos and there aren't too many male sopranos in the world, you know. Um, so women in music are a mainstay, have always been a mainstay, will always be a mainstay. I think what we're seeing now is a shift where, you know, we ladies are going boldly where we have not gone before, where, you know, thanks to Tarja, we are now in metal because, you know, uh, you know, there were a few. There was Doro, uh, who was in metal before that. I don't ever, I never considered the Runaways metal. So, but they were a rock band. Um, so you had some women in rock. You actually had some operatically trained women. Uh, Pat Benatar is operatically trained. Oh, I knew, I never knew that. And she did, you know, rock and roll. Wow. So you've had some women in rock and roll. But metal remained male-dominated until basically the whole symphonic, the symphonic movement hit. Um, you know, even Evanescence isn't really metal, so to speak, but, you know, it's good music. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, I feel like there's definitely a movement for women leaning more towards rock or aggressive metal. Uh, 
It's interesting because I'm thinking of Sopranos. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, who are the Sopranos that are out there that people really recognize today? And you know, Sarah Brightman is the one that comes to my mind. Where she has been, she, even though she's not doing rock, I mean, she's not doing rock or metal, but she has been recognized as like the most famous soprano probably in the world now. Because she started doing, you know, after she did Phantom the Opera, she started doing pop and you know, all the other stuff that she's been working on. And so, I mean, she really made an amazing name for herself. Uh, again, even though amazing crossover career. I mean, she, yeah. she had an amazing crossover career. It's, it's incredible, I mean, what she's done, what she's been able to do. And I think that her, you know, her doing that crossover and getting into pop songs and doing what she was doing really introduced a lot of the world to a soprano doing something other than opera because pretty much she didn't really hear that. You know, and she was really the first one that I heard doing these pop songs, you know, with this beautiful lyric soprano happening over it. Um, so, I mean, I think she, to me, she was one of the first ones that really came out with something other than, like, listening to a soprano just, you know, singing some kind of opera. I think she really opened up the doors a lot for people to accept, you know, the operatic type of vocal in something other than, you know, going to the opera or listening to an opera on, on the radio. I would agree with that. Totally. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think with the, you know, the, a lot of the European metal bands and, uh, like, Taria and the Epicus of the world and all these other bands that are coming out, it seems like from that part of the world, uh, they, they seem to be more female-driven, which I thought was really interesting. This, I mean, I'll give you an example of something that happened to Brian and, and myself. We, went out and we, did a, we just did an open mic, this gig that was happening out in Mexicali here, um, which you know has a lot of national bands. I think, um, I'm trying to think of the band that was playing here not too long ago, um, not, uh, Zandria. They played there at some point. Uh, awesome band. And I remember, you know, we just went out and we just did a gig out there. And I remember the musicians that were on stage right before me. You know, I, I was getting up on stage and they were coming off the stage. And they were saying, wow, you're really brave. And they were telling me that I was brave because I was the only female singer in the entire room. I mean, every, the entire room was dominated by males. So, wow. And it, at that point, it didn't even bother me. And then, of course, when he said that, I didn't, I didn't even think about it. And then, of course, he said that, and I was like, oh, wow. You know, I, I didn't even I wasn't even, I was so into the music, I wasn't even paying attention to that part of it. And I was the only female getting up, and he, he said, you're very, very brave. And I thought, well, I, I guess I now. Who knew, right? Um, so it's interesting, around here there are not, well, at least in New Jersey, probably there's a lot more in Manhattan, I'm sure, but uh, I haven't run into a lot of female rock singers, or even if they're singing, you know, even if they're not growling, I mean, sopranos singing rock, I haven't run into a lot of that at all. It actually doesn't seem to be an American thing. You know, you, you, you listen, and, and I'm sitting here flipping through my iPod as we're talking. You know, there's there's not one, some, there are symphonic metal bands that come from America, but they're all male. There are, you know, when you think of, 
the Leaf Christines and the Simone Simons and the Flora Janssens and all of the, they're all predominantly European and mostly from the Nordic regions. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're from Denmark and Sweden. And, and the Netherlands. And, right. Exactly. So, you know, I think it might be something that's almost uniquely European um, or Nordic, maybe even. But it's not something that, like, it just never, outside of Evanescence, who, again, not really metal, but still, you know, kind of that female-driven, harder rock. Right. Not, outside of Evanescence, they don't really catch on here in the States. So, yeah, and that's interesting because a lot of the fans that we're picking up are from the U.K. Mm Mm-hmm. So do you think that's like a cultural thing here in the U.S.? Because, I mean, when I, when I think back, because you'd mentioned Doro Pesh, right? But then I think there's Lita Ford. Um, she sang and played guitar, and she was pretty killer. Um, you know, Joan Jett, obviously, in the 90s. We Now, it kind of got a little softer in the 90s with um, Ian DeFranco, Indigo Girls. Um, who's the piano player? It does, does she do the puppy ad now or they use one of her songs? Oh, my goodness. Oh, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah McLaughlin? Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's the other piano player, though? Isn't there? There's another one. Icicle is the song I remember. That's not Sarah McLaughlin, is it? Um, no, I can't. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then, you know, you had uh, Darcy, the bassist of Smashing Pumpkins. Um, the girl in Coal Chamber, I can't remember her name, and that's a shame because she was a killer bass player on that first record. Um, you had... Oh my goodness, um, Otep. I can't remember the singer's name in Otep, but that, but that was a, you know a, a female singer, and you'd never know she was a female singer until you saw them live with with what uh-huh. she was doing on that record. So we we've had a lot of women that have that have been pretty high profile. So why do you think that it's still uh, it's it's still the same landscape? That's a, That's a really good question. Yeah, it is a good question. And, and I think a lot of it, I mean, I would say a lot of it is cultural. Um, and, and I'm going to preface this with, you know, I am an American. I have no problem with the culture that we have here in America. But we are, first of all, we're a lot younger nationally than the rest of the world. That's a good call. Okay. So, you know, as a country, we're about 200 years old, where Europe, you know, they've, they were 200 years old <laughs> at the fall of the Roman Empire, uh, <laughs> which is, of course, an exaggeration. But, um, you know, we're about, we're a little over 200 years old. And nationally speaking, we're like the young punk kids on the block, <laughs> you know? We're all the obnoxious teenagers. <laughs> so, That's know, a really good point. In, in, in kind of a global sense, we are the obnoxious teenagers of the world. So I, I you know, and I say that kind of poking fun. It's not, it's not a serious statement. But you know, you think about what we do, and it's all what movies sell here: action movies, horror movies. It's. <laughs> Yeah, you know, have you ever watched foreign film? I know I have. I actually enjoy foreign films, um, but foreign films are so much different, for the most part, than American films. Does Monty Python count as a foreign film? 
Uh, of course, as I sit here in my <laughs> t-shirt. Uh, yes, I've seen one, oh, but only because you made me watch it. Yes. Um, so, you know, we are nationally, we are younger. We are still in that seek mode. We come from a lineage of entrepreneurs and inventors we go and we do and we have that drive and we have that energy and as americans we have that passion the rest of the world is kind of you know middle-aged and they're tempering down a little bit <laughs> and, it's, and it's okay for mom to jump up and sing in the middle band because <laughs> you know whatever but, you know i think a lot of it has to do with kind of a global age thing where, you know, they're kind of middle-aged, they're settling down. It's, it's a little more accepted just because it's been around longer. And, and they have, you know, we have a lot of women who nationally here in the States have contributed a great number of things to us, our society, what have you. But, being a younger nation, we don't have as many as there were in Europe. You know, we, we haven't had as much time to recognize those achievements, I don't think, as they have had in Europe. So I think predominantly it's a cultural thing. So that's a really interesting that's, point here. And yeah, like, that's, an, that's an interesting way to look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, like, I remember being in high school. Um, and, and this is kind of going to lead into my next question here, but so, um, you know, when you're talking like marching band, cause I was in marching band for, well, I guess from freshman year, you know, on through senior year. But, um, so we had, we had, you know, girls, guys in the marching band, but when it came to the drum line, typically the girls wouldn't do much other than maybe cymbals, like that sort of thing, or, or play the bells. And, and it always seems to just be very, you know, driven. Like, they're not going to do, like, the snare drum, that sort of stuff. Well, then we had this one girl. Her name was Kelly. And she was a fantastic drummer. Probably, you know, the top five drummers that I've ever played with in my life. And she kind of came out of nowhere. Um, she went to Interlochen the one, the one summer. Like, you know, made it with her audition tape, that sort of stuff. And the guys in the drum line were really struggling with it. Because they 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 were weren't dealing well with a girl that could play better than them, and I'm just excited that there was a drummer of that talent. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't looking at um, at the gender. I was like looking at at the raw talent. Like holy cow! You know, I mean, obviously I'm going to say watch her go because I'm going to use the proper pronouns that sort of stuff. You know, but it's just like, you know, do you think that there is still some of that going on where where the guys just can't handle it? Like where we still have like a little bit of like underlying sexism. Absolutely. I mean, but I don't think that that is uniquely American to, to kind of tie it back to my last point. Um, you know, there, there are all kinds of things. And I know Aaron, well, actually, Liz, too. You guys, you guys have, have, have all heard these. I come from a very, very much traditional, very much old-fashioned family. Um, when I started telling people that I knew when I was six that I was going to be a musician for a living, like pretty much everyone's reaction was get a real job. 
go to school, get a good job, you'll be able to play your guitar at night and on the weekends, was pretty much what I got. Yeah. So you will always have those stereotypes. Um, I know when I was in, when uh, you know, way back when dinosaurs ruled the earth, and I was in high school as well, um, you know, we I had that problem because everybody would be like, well, what do you do? I play guitar. You you're a girl, you play guitar. No, I don't run into it as much now. Um, everybody seems to accept now that I play guitar. I get some raised eyebrows when I say I'm a metalhead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I play guitar, I'm a metalhead. I play metal. Um, <laughs> you know, this, <laughs> I do a few raised eyebrows with that. Um, but not since I got, not since I redid the hair. Everybody just kind of looks at the hair and goes, "Oh yeah, that makes sense now." Um, so you know, it, it fits. It fits now. Well, I love, I love the hair. I, I love the hair perfect. too. You know, ironically, <laughs> it fits the genre. It definitely does. And oh, yeah. uh, ironically, since it takes four hours to do the hair, I would not recommend the hair. <laughs> but I love the hair and the hair stay. But I digress. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, we ran into that and Aaron, when we were running around and we both worked at Noteworthy, you know, when we went to those shows, everybody would look at me and go, oh, you play guitar? And I don't really get that anymore. Um, you know, every, everybody is a little more accepting of women playing guitar and taking on musically, traditionally, traditionally male roles in the music world, I guess is a better way to put that. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone would think twice about any girl, any woman singing, because traditionally throughout history, from, you know, Renaissance period through modern times, that is perfectly acceptable. And that is, you know, that's that's where the women belong, so to speak. Uh, Piano, again, very, very acceptable. Yeah. Um, we're starting to turn the corner. Um, there will always be prejudices of one sort or another. I mean, we're, we're human. That's one of the things we just have to fight ourselves against yeah. or fight against within ourselves is probably a better way to put that. Um, but, you know, is, is it? Yeah, I ran into a lot of that when I was growing up, when I was playing. And, um, and you know, Aaron, one of my favorite jokes, when I was growing up and I was trying to play guitar, you guys, you guys, you had Jimi Hendrix, you had Eric Clapton, you had Joe Satriani, I got Joan Jett, <laughs> I got... <laughs> and Lita Ford, Lita Ford's got, pretty cool. Lita Ford was alright. And Joan Jett's um, pretty badass. Joe Jett plays three chords. <laughs> But she's still badass. But she only plays three chords. Still badass. She's got the image, though. She's got the whole image. Well, that's true. She does have the image. She's she's as, about as rock and roll as it gets. Uh, yeah, I agree. She is. She definitely she exudes that image. She does. She does. We'll give her the image. She really does. But you know, I got, we got like Janis Joplin again. You know, two three chords. That's not what I wanted to be. I wanted to be an actual musician. And, um, you know, so, so yeah, there, there was some, some fighting. There is still some fighting. Um, I can't tell you, there's a, and I won't mention the online magazine, but there's an online magazine that I stopped reading because, not because of the articles they run, 
but because of the comments in the comment section. These people are so gluttonously misogynistic. It's not even funny. Oh, it, that's that man. That's almost everywhere. Like you, you go into Instagram, you're like, really? Like you walk upright? Like, I, you know, I, I read some of these comments and I actually stopped. And I mean, the, the magazine itself ran articles that I was interested in, but I got so tired of the comments in the comment section. You know, that's all it was, was, you know, and, and obviously I'm following the symphonic metal bands, most of whom are female fronted. So that's, those are the articles I'm reading and the stuff that's being written in those comment sections is just absolutely disgusting. Now, um, I have as twisted a sense of humor as anyone I know. True. There's very little that offends. <laughs> like the Aaron's is true. <laughs> 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 I think maybe he might know me a little bit. Just a little. <laughs> but there's very little that actually offends me. And these comment sections like really offended me. I've actually stopped reading some of the online magazines that put out information that I am interested in because of the comment section. So yes, of course it exists. And it will always exist. And the anonymity of the internet will ensure that it exists well beyond its time. You ever wonder if that's what kind of brought us back? Like, I, I feel like in the 90s, we were making a lot of progress towards equality on all fronts. And then it seems like the more prominent that the internet gets, the more social media we have, the further backward we step. And that, I think, is with just about anything. Um you give people an outlet for their face or side. And, you know, and that's probably one of the reasons that metal was not in the realm of, or the provenance of women for so long, because it is traditionally hyper aggressive, you know, and, and it is, you know, when you go from jazz and classical to heavy metal, you know, you're going back to the baser side. So let's talk about this hyper aggressive thing here for a second. And the fact that you're now a metal fan and rewind what 20 years to the nineties when not only were you a sparring partner of mine, you were my most aggressive sparring partner. And I will, and not only was I your most aggressive sparring partner. Well, actually that was, I was, uh, we were, uh, Aaron and I were both martial artists. I still am, for those of you who care, uh, although my martial arts of choice now involves swords. Um, but uh, we were sparring partners. And there, there, are, there are two things that I attribute that aggressiveness to. And um, once again, I'm not telling you two or anything new. Um, my... My father is a first-generation American, so his his parents actually came home, uh, came uh, from Italy, and came through Ellis Island. So he is first-generation American. Um, being a first-generation American, uh, I, I think a lot of the first-generation Americans that I know are like this because of the cultural differences between where they came from and where they were trying to fit into. I think there's a little bit of, I'm going to call it edginess, 
you know, where you never quite fit in. You're always a little quick to temper um, because you're, you're not comfortable. You're not seated with, you know, where you came from and where you're going. And, and that's just my assessment of it. I may be right. I may be wrong. But I've, I've noticed this trend in a lot of first-generation Americans. Um, I have two older brothers as well, um, five and six years older than me, one of whom is an Army Ranger, <laughs> uh, and the other of whom was also a martial artist. And you throw on top of that, my father was a cop. So from the time I was four years old, I remember learning self-defense. Uh, <laughs> you know, his philosophy at the time was, I'm a cop. There's a gun in the house. The kids need to learn to be safe around the gun. So I had firearms training at four years old. I had self-defense training at four years, you know, three and four years old. And I had, and I had two older brothers who were kind of upset that they had a little sister instead of a little brother. So I grew up being a little tomboy basically. And I think that's probably, you know, when, when I write and I know Liz and I have had this discussion. So, um, you know, when I write, I tend to write the dark, the aggressive, the, the, the anger comes out in the writing. It comes out in the aggressiveness of my guitar lines. It comes out in my lyrics. And then that lets me be, um, you know, happy-go-lucky, goofy Sue for the rest of the day. And that's, I think, the beauty of the music. Wait, wait, wait. The passion. Beauty of the music? Yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> Huh. That's fun. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, what did I, what did I miss? Like I said the dark beauty of the music. The dark beauty of the music. Yeah, I mean, I think like what you're saying as far as like playing those types of lines and you know getting out the aggression. That is the beauty of the music. That's what makes the music interesting. Is the passion that you're channeling through all of that into that instrument. And that's what makes it, I think, you know, that's what makes it interesting to listen to. I think. No, I agree with both of you. You know, and, and it's, it's interesting how that all comes around, you know? Right. And I mean, the, I think the aggression, you know, all of that has to come out somehow. And if you can get it out in a creative way by playing guitar and, and coming up with these really wicked cool lines what, what an amazing thing to be able to share with the world yeah so Sue something you had mentioned got me thinking you're talking about you know when we would go to shows um, getting the like oh you play guitar kind of thing you know when, when, in our younger days but you know where we never really got that and and maybe a little like like depending on which vendor, but when we would go to, um, Nam, like we never really, that, nobody batted an eye that you were a female guitar player at Nam. That's true. You know? And, and I mean, it is kind of interesting if you think about it, like as musicians, I, I guess as musicians, we don't seem to have a, a problem with it. Well, you know, as a, you know, take it as anything. I am a musician first. And then everything else in the world. 
that, that I am. I am an amateur ripperologist that plays with swords. Uh, what could go wrong with that? Um, you know, but I am a guitarist first. I'm a musician first. Um, is, is a singer first. You know, and I think when you get into like-minded people, you have that. Oh, you're a musician. I'm a musician. We have that in common. Yeah. Um, most recently, when I was talking to Dave Sycott and uh, his uh, the drummer, he introduced me to Jeremy Pepe or Pepe. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I'll find out. Um, neither one of them. But I mean, obviously, Dave. We go way back when to when I was hanging out at the Guitar Center a lot more. Um, but Dave didn't blink an eye that I'm doing metal. Jeremy didn't blink an eye that I'm doing metal. Uh, you know, I think when you get into people, it's just like, you know, if, if I'm a martial artist. So when I walk into my, for lack of better terminology, dojo, even though it's not really a dojo because we don't do Asian martial arts. Uh, but when I go into the dojo, we don't sit there and go, oh, you're a girl and you play with swords. Huh. We're like, hey, that is one sweet sword. Can I swing that sucker? We sit there and a lot of us are extremely artistic. There are a lot of really artistic people there. The one girl that's doing my album cover, actually, Christina, brilliant artist. She's amazing. I sat there watching her doodle one day when we were at Friday Night Fights, and she, I was going, wow, that's, that's like the most amazing doodle I've ever seen. So we group together by kind of what we do and not, you know, it's not like a big deal that there's a girl there with a, that's learning sword fighting or, you know, what have you. We, we don't do that. And when you get into a crowd that's your own, I don't think you really have that as much as when you're randomly walking on the street where people have more preconceived notions of who and what. Yeah, I can totally yeah, see that. Yeah, I agree with that too because I think that uh, when, you, when you're in a group of musicians or artists or and I've been around all of it my entire life, I feel like there's no... You know, there's no looking at you in a way that's, oh, you're really, you're doing that or, or you do this. Or, I mean, it's just, it's very open, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's like, it, it's like you said, it's, it's like a support group, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. just very open, it's very accepting and you just kind of recognize the person for what they're doing and, you know, and you just kind of move on with it. I mean, you don't really... I don't know. You don't really point it out as, as like is something bizarre, or um, that's the experience I've had with acting and you know doing music. When you're around people like Suzanne, I have, we have this conversation. We've had it many times. I mean, we just we just kind of get it. We get each other. We don't really, you know, it's not like oh wow, you're so strange because you're playing guitar and you're playing metal. It's like no, it's more like oh wow, you're so cool because you're playing guitar and you're playing metal. Yeah. And, and there's an also there's there's also a, a, an awful lot of uh, you know, there, there's an awful lot of the same backstory when you're among your friends 
you know, when you're among your kind. And Liz and I have, have talked about it, you know, the whole the whole family thing. Now her her family actually owns owns a business. Um, and, you know, when we're obviously there's an expectation there that she would go into and continue the family business. Whereas, you know, my dad his big thing was he felt that school got him out of the inner city. So his big thing was school. Now What's my favorite saying, Aaron? School. I never let school get in the way of my education. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I am constantly <laughs> learning new things, and I'm constantly trying new things. But I don't work well in a school setting. I find it too restrictive. Um, now, I, a one-off online course somewhere, like I've perused more stuff that Berkeley Online puts out than, than I can count, and I will grab that and use it and lap it up. But I don't learn the same way that everyone else in my family learns. I don't walk the same path that everyone else in my family has walked. Um, and I know, I know, Liz, I know you feel it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're saying is really important because people learn in different ways. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a visual person. I mean, I need to see things just like somebody can just maybe read a whole book. I need to actually kind of experience it if I can, you know what I'm saying, and walk through it, and I, that's how I learn, but I mean, people are different, and people are going to learn different ways, and, and the same method doesn't work for everyone, you know, and it's a shame, because even in school, there were times where, you know, you're, you know, you have one teacher, in, you know, instructing the class, and you're trying to learn, and, and there's, you have about 25 kids in the classroom, and there's going to be some of those kids that are not going to pick up, be, not because they're any less smart, but just because they don't learn the same way. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of nice that, I mean, I think it's great that we have internet available to us to get, you know, grab different programs, and I mean, YouTube is just a plethora of, I mean, it just has everything available that you can possibly think of to grab onto if you want to learn something, or uh, Suzanne's module, <laughs> which I think is Awesome! Yeah, it's fantastic. I love that module. If I was if I was going to learn to play guitar or learning some chords, I mean, it's such an easy program to follow, and I I love what you did with that because I think it's very simple the way it's you know the way you instructed it. I mean, that's a breakaway into that. Although that's a good thing, right? That is. is. She's like, yes, let's talk about the module. I love the module. It's great, though. I mean, I love everything that you did about it. And what I like is that the one thing that I think is interesting in this way of learning is that, let's say, if I was, you know, if I was trying to grab onto these chords that you're demonstrating, I like the fact that you can see all of the fingering, of course, and you could see, I mean, the graphics The graphics are fantastic. But also, if, if it's going too fast or, you know, if you're not able to, obviously, you're not going to play the chord brilliantly the first time but you can just pause it you, know, you can't do you can do that in school to say oh you know what wait wait a second <laughs> you know, what was that i'll come back to that later so i like the fact that you know you can just pause what you need to and go back to it yeah and i think that's important and we didn't you know nobody learns like that in school not at least i was going to school I mean, if you caught it, I mean, it was being taught, and if you caught it, it was great, and if you didn't, then you had to figure out a way to catch up to everybody else. 
Yeah, I, I'm totally with, with you guys on both those points. I just, I, and you know, and it's kind of been interesting to see how education evolves, at least in some, in some aspects of things. Like, um, you know, watching what they're doing with with my kids today is so different than what I was doing at that time. So, hopefully, you know, modern education is going to catch up to, kind of meet all those learning styles. But so to. Uh, Liz's point here, because um, I'm going to kind of wrap this up here. We've been talking for almost an hour. And so, again, I, I want to thank both you ladies for your time tonight because this has been a great conversation. You're very welcome. Thank you for having us. And yep. um, how about you guys go ahead and plug well, your respective things? So, uh, Liz, I know you have Dark Beauty. Yes, Dark Beauty is the name of my band. And uh, if anybody would like to find out about us, they can go to darkbeautymusic.com. And that's also where you can find all of our social networks and everything about us is right there. All in one place. <laughs> all right. Thank you. And Sue? Yes. Uh, SuzanneDecree.com. That's where everything will be housed. Uh, there are actually some album updates coming, of course, as Liz so so lovingly mentioned. I do have an online course, How to Learn to Play Guitar. Well, actually, basic guitar chords. It's called the Vibrant Guitar Chord Course. Um, it is, if I may say so myself, an awesome course. It is everything that I wished. It's how I wished my teachers had taught me some basic chords and the applications of them instead of just saying, here, play this 4,000 times and <laughs> see me in the morning. Um, and then also uh, all of the music, all of the, uh, all of the music updates will be coming there soon. I'm actually going to sit down and do some of that work uh, this weekend, get, get some updates on there on how the album's progressing and all that great stuff. All right. All right, so listeners, this concludes the show here. Um, hit us up on Twitter, at SGNL, the number two NZ, um, and let us know what you think. You know, like, what are, what are your thoughts on this, on this topic here tonight? Um, uh, we, we'd love to hear you weigh in. Um, I'll definitely make sure to tag uh, Sue and Liz in any Twitter responses that are out there. So uh, until next time, make some noise. <laughs>